Welcome to the Reflections on Leadership podcast with Carl Bimshaw. Hi, this is Carl Bimshaw, and in today's episode of Reflections on Leadership, I'm thrilled to speak with Dr. Bob Nelson. His latest book, Work Made Fun Gets Done, Easy Ways to Boost Energy, Morale, and Results, is one you're going to want to add to your library of leadership resources. Dr. Bob works with 80% of Fortune 500 companies, and you're going to want to grab a pen because in this conversation, you'll pick up a lot of practical tips and ideas you can use in your company, regardless of its size or your position. Let's get started. Dr. Bob is the world's leading authority on employee recognition, motivation, and engagement. He is president of Nelson Motivation Incorporated, a management training and consulting company specializing in helping organizations improve management practices, programs, and systems. Dr. Bob is much sought after keynote speaker, consultant, executive coach, and I'm thrilled to have him here for a conversation today. So, Dr. Bob, what's Carl, cooking? Thanks for, thanks for having me. What's cooking? What's been, uh, what's been new? <laughs> well, what's new? What's new? What's new? The pandemic is ending. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let, let us hope. <laughs> yes. And I, I have a, a new book out that uh, I think might coincide with that. It's called Work Made Fun Gets Done. And it's uh, if you've been if you've been pent up and isolated and <laughs> frustrated and from the pandemic, it's time to branch out and have a little bit more fun. And what better place to do that than with your job? So it's uh, how to make that happen uh, individually in a group and in your organization. We've got uh, over 400 real life examples from companies that are pushing in that direction that are, are good at this and reap the benefits. In fact, um, the uh, Fortune's best places to work list is where we kind of started some of our research. We found that the, the number one most differentiating factor between companies that make that list and companies that do not is employees saying, I work in a fun place. So 82% of the 100 best places to work in America employees say that, whereas those that didn't make the list, that's, it's somewhere in the 60s. Right. Uh, largest single differential of any variable they look at. So if you if you're, want to be successful, want to be the best, it's, you got to make this a part of the, the work culture and the, and the practices of the organization and each manager in it. If, if I can uh, be fanboy for a minute and also age us both, my very first uh, management job was with a, a little company called Xerox uh, here in San Diego. I worked at Xerox Business Services in 1994. And yeah. they, gave, they gave us all a, uh, you know, a, a yearly budget, a recognition budget to be able to spend on your direct reports. And it was like maybe $20 a person or something like that. And, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, well, you know, how am I going to do that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you had a problem in those days, uh, if you didn't go to dad, you went to uh, the bookstore not YouTube. Right. So I went to borders and I have in my hot little hands here, the, uh, 1001 ways to reward employees first printing 1994. I might need to buy that back from you. I, I, you, you <laughs> I I've, got, I've got one copy of the original sound. The 64th printing has sold about 2 million copies. So that was probably <laughs> out, out the first, first 5,000. I, I was, I was going to say, uh, that's, uh, this is uh, while you were working on your doctorate, it says in the, in the end notes, which was 
which was fun. But this really laid the foundation for me um, with recognition because partly I, I early on equated recognition with you know paying people. Uh, but but your book in particular, and then you know of course Ken Blanchard and, and others um, really got me looking at and thinking about like no, it's not that. It's it's the recognition part, not the reward part. Yeah, and, and you got you got to pay people fairly and right. competitively, be, but you got to do more than just pay them. <laughs> that's that's right because then we get into whole you know how engaged are they and all that, and that that's where I. Uh, learned in terms of like asking them, like, what, what would you like? And so, I mean, I sat down with all of my direct reports and I've done this ever since where it's like, okay, we're going to have some good times and bad times over the next year, probably. When we have good times, how would you like to be recognized? You know, because it, you talk about fun and I'd love us to talk more about that, but different people like different things, right? Absolutely. So, so, so we had, you know, like quarterly recognition meetings and things like that. And there were some people who loved being in front of people and getting the, you know, piece of paper saying you were great this quarter, you know, and the applause and mm-hmm. pizza afterwards and others wanted to be left alone and just like, you know, just, uh, yep. you know, yep. just a pat on the back is fine. No, and, it didn't, it didn't mean they didn't want to feel valued. They just right. didn't, didn't want to hug people and have balloons. They, but they, they want to felt that people noticed the work they did and, and appreciated them for that. So, I mean, right. I'm, I'm married to a computer scientist and, I got to tell you, she works her butt off and, and she notices when, <laughs> when you know, when uh, she's really made something happen and then no one came back from management and how to use my stuff in the meeting with the client. What, what did they say? Oh, oh yeah. 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 They liked it. They liked it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me know, you know, <laughs> I spent, I spent yeah. three weeks on that uh, through the weekends and whatnot. But oh. so it, it kind of leaves a mark when you don't do it and, right. and you really need to do it. Um, you know, and, and, and you said you're talking about good times and bad times is it's maybe especially the, important to do it during the bad times because in good times you know it's go-go and we're we're things are great and we all know it's it's working well and we're paying people better hopefully and and uh, celebrations but the bad times uh when things are tight when tough uh maybe even more so you need to you need to call out uh, performance because that's what's going to help us get us through the bad time you know exactly yeah i, yeah. I, I work with the uh, fedex uh right after 911 and they they uh you know they were determined not to not to um del- you know fire anyone mm-hmm. uh, they were very crunched and and so they didn't but they to make that happen they had to cut everything that was non-essential and all their recognition programs got cut and and um, they and I said, you know what? You, you kind of threw the baby out with the bath here. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> right, that, right. that it's you, you could still have you could still have the same discussion and say in a different time we would have had a you know a bonus go with this and hopefully I'll come back because of the the events that the work that you're doing mm-hmm. you know and and give it the context people can can handle the truth but right. uh, you still have to notice when they they've done a good job. Yeah. What do you think has, um, if anything, has changed uh, in 64 printings <laughs> or, 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 even, or even in the last 18 months, if there's been any big change in the way that people are looking for recognition or, or is it more important, less important? Uh, have, things haven't really changed that much and it's just people aren't 
doing it? Like what's, is anything different or what needs to be different? Let me ask it that way. Well, it's still important. And I would even venture to say more important because we've all been influenced by technology here. We're on a zoom call right now. And so uh, one of the, the downsides of technology, it maybe can make us more efficient, but it diminishes the, the personal contact. And so uh, you know, I, I've a lot of companies now have recognition platforms with ways they can, you know, email employees can email anyone else that's helped them, the company, even their boss or and upper management can email employees and peer to peer and whatnot. And that's great. But I, I've had a lot of employees say, you know, my boss used to, you know, come stick his head in my office and say, hey, that was a great presentation you did. Now, now I get a, an email. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe some points on it. And it's not the same thing. So that uh, people want want the visibility and they want the, the personal connection. So um, the, we've got to be careful that we haven't lost that in, in the move towards being more efficient with technology. Hmm. Um, uh, and then on that, on that regard, I, I think that is, you know, using technology is another big thing that there's a lot of companies that provide a, a software. It could be a an add-on, um, a plug-in to what you know, Workday or whatever you're currently using, that can a- allow a system to to uh, enable more broader communication for individuals and for groups, and and to publicize it through a, like a public news feed, and then very important to capture it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Peter Drucker uh, used to say, uh, if you if you're not measuring it, if you can't measure it or don't measure it, then you can't manage it. And, right. and so if you want recognition to be a real part of your culture, which is getting stronger, you know, each year, you've got to have a way to, to measure and track it to see if we're getting better. It, it can't just be random. It can't be, well, let's, let's pass out some Starbucks cards and we're, you know, we're done, you know, <laughs> or let's right, do one right. thing, one thing, you know, a quarter when, at the end of the year, that's the traditional, let's do something at the end of the year. And then for people's birthdays and maybe years of service. And wow, well, that's all out of the 1940s, you know, <laughs> just do it today. You know, when you see something, say something, you know, and, right. and, or, or, or catch someone in the hallway or send them an email or leave them a voicemail or mention it to the management team or, and on and on. And, and what I found what, what's been a pure delight is that the most meaningful forms of recognition don't have much of any cost. So there's really no reason not to do it. So right. a simple thank you, you know, personally, electronically, publicly, um, in writing, a note, you know, uh, is a starting point. But then it could be, you know, asking people for their ideas and opinions. That's a big motivator. The 92% of employees said they'd like to have more of that. And 89% said they'd like to be involved in decisions, especially those ones that affect them and the job they're currently doing. Right. And by the way, they're probably closer to that job and can give you better insight if you ask them, even if you have to make the final decision. It'll be a better decision and be more quickly implemented if you get their, their buy-in and, and input. And if they make a mistake and everyone makes mistakes, how you handle that is huge, you know, because you can... You can be the smartest person in the room and, and call them out and criticize them and embarrass them in front of their peers. Uh, but you can also you know, take a breath and a step back and say, no, I'm not sure I would have done it the same way. But what'd you learn from that? And show a, a higher calling and a longer term view of the relationship mm-hmm. that's going to serve you for time to come. You know, 
Bill Gates at uh, Microsoft, uh, one of his favorite quotes that I like is he, he, he said, uh, you can tell a lot about the long-term viability of any organization simply by looking at how they handle mistakes. Because if you embarrass people, they'll never make that mistake again, but they start spending more time <laughs> making sure you don't see the mistakes and playing defense and sending emails to make sure they're not blamed if it goes down wrong, you know? Right, right. Uh, or you can you can have them be more forthright and say, yeah, I made this mistake. I Here's uh, here's why it won't happen again. And let's talk about the staff means so other people can learn from the mistake. Boy, that's a whole different uh, ball game to, mm-hmm. to make that a healthy part of, us working together, we're all, and if you're not making mistakes, you're probably not stretching things to improve enough. <laughs> we're, right. we're just locked right. into what we've done for the last five years, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, in, uh, in your book, Work Made Fun Gets Done, you, you've got a chapter on, on virtual work and, and is there any kind of better recognition in a virtual or, re, or remote world that, that's uh, easier to do virtually or remotely? Well, yeah, you've got to use the communication vehicle you got. So, yes, you, you need to recognize people virtually. And a lot of people say, well, I can't, you know, what could you do? You know, well, here's a simple one that is very powerful. I actually got this. We both live in San Diego. I got this from uh, a manager that works for the city. He said that they have um, uh, periodically they do a praise barrage when they in their, their meetings. Mm-hmm. Now, you could do this face to face, but you can also do it on Zoom. You say, hey, before we get started on the agenda today, let me just take a few minutes and go around the group. And as I call someone's name, I like other people to speak up and say what you most value about working with that person. Let's start with John. You know, how about Mary? And, you know, 10 minutes later, what do you have? You have people that have, that have heard real life uh, feedback on how they're perceived by their coworkers and what they do well, 100% positive. And I guarantee you, whatever, whatever they heard, two things are going to happen. One, they're going to have more pride and their energy is going to rise. And number two, whatever they've been called out for, they're going to do more of because what you recognize gets repeated. <laughs> and so, yeah. and things that people are good at, they can become great at if, if you give them a chance to give them that feedback. I mean, there, there's so much, particularly with, well, maybe it's not just first-time managers, but a, but a lot of managers will, will spend a lot of time thinking about the employees or what they've done. And they're really grateful that these things happen. They might even drift off to sleep thinking about all the great stuff that the employee did, and they never tell them. Exactly. It's all in their head. (laughs) Ken Blanchard, uh, who I worked with for 10 years, used to say, good good thoughts not delivered mean squat. You know? (laughs) And so mentally to say, oh, you know, Sally did it again. She's one of my best employees. Isn't going to mean much to Sally if you never say something or call it out or, or, or mention her to the management team or or praise her in front of uh, the work group or, or any of the other thousands of things that you can do. And as you indicated, uh, that could be even more efficient if you take a, take a few minutes to ask Sally how she likes to be recognized, you know, when she first starts. And, and some companies, I'm, I'm proud to say, you know, they will, you know, when someone comes on board, like when Wyndham Hotels, for example, when someone is, it starts on board, they one of, they're filling out their benefit sheets and whatnot, and then they have a page seems like random questions on, on recognition preferences. And so what's your, your favorite flower, your favorite food? What do you have any pets? What are their names? You know, and that, that page goes to whoever's managing them uh, in, in that company. And that's, that's just a, uh, a smart practical thing to do. And then the focus becomes 
hey, if someone helped you out, uh, check out their preferences. Sometimes some companies keep that at the front desk, you know, that you can. Right. And uh, and then to remind employees every now and then to update your preferences. Right. Now it's, it's a whole different it's a whole different thing. We're enabling it to happen more than than and and not just putting it on managers that everyone's able to do this. If someone did you a favor, you know, thank them and and uh, they're they're likely to be there next time you need a favor. Right. <laughs> it's just it's just common sense, but hasn't always been common practice. And no. as we get as we get busier, you know, we tend to leave behind some of these. Uh, you know, Vol- Voltaire in the in the 17th century said the common sense isn't very common. And darn, I think this is one of those things where it's carried through today. That that yeah, what what could be simpler than to value your your best workers? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or people that have helped you, but but it gets lost in the shuffle, and we get you know managers get busy and they're doing their own work, and and well, if you're managing others, on top of the list has got to be uh, what you're doing for the people that that work for you. And again, Peter Drucker said, define management as getting the work done through others, not being a super worker, not trying to do it all yourself, but helping your people get the work done. So that's got to lead with a question. How's it going? How can I help you? You know, because your job is to get, if they're able to do their, their job well, it's going to reflect on the results you want as well. It's going to make you look good. You know, it's not going to be, the worst is having a manager that, you know, takes credit for everything their team does and steals their ideas. And, you know, that's, right. people want to right. get away from working with a person like that. That's right. A lot of what you're talking about really deals with with the culture of the organization. Um, and if you've got a culture that's very amenable to all of that, it can sometimes make it easy, right? But I know the answer to this, but I'd like your your take on it. Like, what what do you do um, if if you're uh, say a, an aspiring leader or a new leader in in a culture that like eh, eh, yeah we don't have time for that or it's busy or like hey it's my job I don't expect to be recognized for that I don't need a parade every or time your, I do something or your manager says don't waste your time on that that's I've right. worked with companies where that happens it says well you yeah. in your sphere of influence you can still do it you can still be considerate you can still be thoughtful you can still take time if if talking to your employees and getting to know them better and and isn't part of management i don't know what is you know? right right uh, because otherwise we don't need the people just good luck do it all on your own you know yeah. but uh, again it's uh, the people are the extension of the, the manager and and it's a smart manager that realizes that, that leveraging and helping them is going to it's going to help themselves um and so uh, and and you know ideally ideally you, you can make that happen and and lead with um, the results. I've worked with several companies. I, I was I was speaking in Seattle a number of years ago and was speaking to 800 people. And this person looked really familiar in the front row. I said, you, you know, have I met you? And he goes, yeah, I heard you speak six weeks ago. I had to come tell you what happened. Yeah, well, <laughs> what happened? And she goes, I left your session saying, this is real. I'm going to do it. I'm not asking anyone for permission. I'm just going to do it in my department. And, and she did. And I go, well, well, like, what did you do? She goes, well, we we created a happiness committee. It has five people on it. No one no one knew who any of them were. It was uh, you know anonymous, uh, but any one of those five people could say, "Hey, it's time to do something." You know, morale is low, or we we just got a new client, whatever. And and I said, "Well, what types of things would you do?" Well, we did a picnic up on the roof, in our, in our high rise down in downtown Seattle, and 
and we bartered meeting space with the company on the next block over that was a limo company. And we, they gave us limo rides for letting them use their, our meeting space once a month and just, just kind of creative kind of uh, uh, ideas like that. And, and, and uh, she said the results was explosive. You know, it, it had an immediate buzz with her department and so much so that other managers noticed and said, Hey, what are you doing over there? Your people are all pumped up. And, well, right. Come to the next meeting. We're not, we're not, we're not hiding anything. And, and uh, it just got better and better. And this is how you change a culture one step at a time. And, and fast forward uh, about 18 months later, that company Perkins Coy, a law firm of all places entered the best places to work in, in America, number 23 on the list, which I would say from one person, a manager in the finance department, saying this is real i'm going to make it happen right. and uh and then leading and then showing showing what it what it meant for not just morale but for, for productivity and for teamwork and for creativity and innovation and for retention you know if you create a culture of, of recognition research from merits uh in, in st louis uh found that in a culture of recognition people are five times more likely to feel valued makes sense. They're six times more likely to, to say they work at a great place to, to refer other people to it. They're seven times more likely to keep working for the company as ideally for the rest of their career. Well, that's the price of admission right there because right now we're in a very tight labor market and everyone you can hold on to, that's one less person you can you have to hire, right? <laughs> so, so to hire, to have a seven times factor of, of keeping people because why would you leave? They appreciate me here and they encourage me to do the things that I want to work on as well that help the organization and, and, and fine tune my own skills. Why would you go anywhere else? You know? yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a seductive and, and a very powerful, powerful thing. I, I worked with the company in, in Connecticut, Boardroom Inc. And just through, I mentioned like asking people for their ideas and suggestions. They started a thing called iPower where they asked all employees to turn in two ideas every week on how we could save money or better serve the customer or streamline the process. And, you know, it took them a little bit to get it going, but once it was up and running, they got thousands of ideas. They didn't implement all of them, right. but they implemented enough of them to make a huge difference. They increased yeah. their revenues fivefold in three years. They said, just because of this program where they'd, they'd ask people for their ideas and they wouldn't get a committee to review them and, you know, dump on all of them, say, what, what gives you the right to tell us what we should be doing in purchasing? You know, right. <laughs> it'll never happen again. <laughs> you know, they, they had other, yeah. other um, average employees, they took turns reviewing the ideas and they said, we're, we're trying to encourage ideas here. So make sure yeah. that's, that's the lead. So they go, this is a great idea. You should really do it. And they gave it back to the person that suggested, let us know if we can help you with your idea. <laughs> Who's got more energy for the idea than the person that came up with it to begin with? Exactly and right. I tell you, it was not only did they did, did their revenues increase, they, they said something else happened that all our, our turnover stopped. It used to be like a revolving door. And now why there's no reason to leave anymore. They can let you you can take your job anywhere you want. You know, they encourage that. Wow, what a great place. Yeah, what a concept, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and they call these soft skills, and they're, they're really not. These are these are essential leadership skills, really. The soft skills, but they're the harder ones for for companies and managers to do. You know, the the, the, the analytical skills are, are really, you know, the easier ones because it's, it's calculated and, okay, 
cost benefit ratio, yeah, we should get that equipment, you know, but uh, the soft skills are, are something that's more of an art form. You gotta, you gotta work at it. First, you gotta see it. Cause if you don't right. see it, then you're kind of blinded and you'll never get going. And, and so you gotta, you gotta try it. You might like it. It might work for you. So, right. and I, I love having people have that breakthrough where they go, eh, I don't know. That sounds like hooey to me. And well, just try it, just try it. And, and uh, in fact, I, I probably shouldn't say who it was, but I've I worked with 80% of the fortune 500 at this point, but I, I was working with the IRS. <laughs> you know, think of a, of a kind of a negative uh, work environment. They were very stressed. And, and I looked at the actual practice they did. They would have supervisors listening on, on agent calls with the public until they heard them make a mistake and then they'd write them up <laughs> and then they'd go to the next call and do the same thing. I'm going, ay, ay, ay. well, it's great that they're listening in, but instead of <laughs> focusing on what they did wrong, find something they did well and write that up. They go, well, that's not how we've done it. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they, they did that. And it made a huge difference, you know, instead of, wow, now, now your manager's on your side instead of trying to catch you doing something wrong. And if you got written up a couple of times, it, you know, docked your pay and the next increase. And, you know, so it was, it was it kind of create a very defensive, hostile work environment when, well, they're already doing a kind of a, a very stressful job. And so put some joy in their life. Right. I, I really liked what you said about the first, they have to see it. And, and I think what happens in, in small businesses or, or owner operated outfits, things like that, you know, 15, 20, 100 people, some, somewhere, a number like that, they just started and it grew and they never knew any other way. And so if, if yes, yes or no, said so that sometimes that's great if they did, but sometimes I find small businesses say, well, we don't have, we don't have the money to focus on better motivation because they're automatically assuming that means a big party or more benefits right, or right. raises and yeah, right. start, start where you're at and, that's right. and, yeah. and focus on daily visibility with leadership you know, a flexibility, you're not confined by a 300 page policy manual, you know, you can be spontaneous. Uh, there's a lot you got going if you start there instead of what you can't do. I, I, I found in working with so many companies that most people, most companies, for some reason, tend to start with what they can't do. Well, we can't do that. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> what if you could? <laughs> well, and, and, and there are lots of resources out there and many of them uh, are provided by you. So where could people find out more about you, Dr. Bob, and, and get your book and all of that? Well, <laughs> the, the new book, and, and uh, this is actually my 31st book. How about that? So Work Made Fun Gets Done is wherever books are sold. I also have all, all my books um, for sale on my website at discounted prices, and that's uh, www.drbobnelson.com, D-R-B-O-B-N-E-L-S-O-N.com, and we have an online bookstore and um, like I said, they're all all available at discounted prices and and in bulk pricing that type of thing. Fantastic. Well, I hope people uh, check you out some more and continue. You've been uh, providing me lots of resources uh, throughout the years, and so I appreciate it very much. Well, you've, you've got you've got a book that's twenty five years old. I'm gonna have to send you some some of the more recent <laughs> ones so you can have a a full stable there of uh, Dr. True. Bob Library. What? We didn't get it. We didn't get any chance to talk about your latest book. Oh, well, real quick. What is that? that that's okay. So it's, it's uh, called, <laughs> well, it's called welcome to leadership. And what it is, it's, it's an adaptation from uh, Lincoln C. Andrews book. It's called manpower that he wrote in 1920. 
he was a brigadier general, and the uh, intent was to bring uh, men up to speed into leadership roles after World War I and after a pandemic and after some assaults to democracy uh, to get them ready for industry. And as I was reading through the book, I was like, huh, this is uh, hmm, what's old is new again, right? Yes, <laughs> so, that's great. So there were a lot of parts, partly reading it was like listening to my grandfather whispering in my ear a little bit. Uh, so, but you know, lang- that? language I felt needed to be cleaned up and certainly more inclusive. And, uh, but there were a lot of things that, you know, there's wisdom that's a hundred years old there that can be brushed off a little bit. And, uh, I think we've forgotten some of it. And so, and he, he in the test of time, that's right. And so, I mean, he talks a, a good amount of, of just, you know, giving people a pat on the back, making sure, you know, it doesn't hurt if other people hear you telling them uh, what a great job they did, uh, having people, uh, you know, share each other's uh, workload if they can, you know, as long as as they're not uh, possessive about their, their equipment or their machine, you know, sometimes it's like, Oh, don't touch my stuff um, and how to, how to lead that. And so it's really focused around new leadership and, and some of the challenges you're going to have as a, as a new leader and just be authentic and be yourself and get better at being yourself is very good. Just I, I had my, I'm from a military family. My, my father was a career Air Force uh, commander. And, and he, it was funny, I was born when he was actually flying and uh, he, he, he flew everything the Air Force had and uh, B-52s and whatnot. And, and when he, he got back at the squadron meeting, they had, um, they did a thing for if, if you had a birth in your family, they, they gave you a little silver cup, you know, and, and they, Colonel Nelson, here, here's your cup for your, your new kid. And, and they had a visiting general at, the, at that meeting. And he said, he, he got up and <laughs> he came up in front of, you know, this like 800 people. He said, no, 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 that's not how you do. <laughs> this is an important thing. And, and he modeled a better form of recognition. Oh, and he, and he said, Colonel Nelson, we're, we're called as in serving our country, we're often called away from our family at critical times. And, in, the, in this case, your you had a your your son was born while you're gone, and it's a, um, a terrible sacrifice uh, that we want to know that, that we're with you uh, now, and we we hope you the, the the best for your your family, and just put a whole different spin on this this little tin right. silver cup, you know, and right, and so I don't know, maybe that's the seeds of how I, I got into this. Maybe <laughs> I heard that, but uh, yeah. it's. Um, you know, it was Napoleon that that once said he learned the most amazing thing: men will die for ribbons. <laughs> it's uh, recognition's got some some pretty powerful stuff to it. It really does, and we've got to continue to highlight those who are doing it uh, correctly. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, the conversation. Likewise, Carl. Welcome to Leadership is a short book that provides the practical elements and requirements of leadership and is a helpful guide for new or aspiring leaders and managers. In 1920, Lincoln C. Andrews published Manpower to quickly train many inexperienced men for leadership roles after World War I. The book contained dozens of forthright leadership principles, many of which could serve this century's new and existing leaders equally well, regardless of gender. We again find ourselves shook by a pandemic threats to democracy, and a renewed urgency to quickly train a significant number of people for new and ongoing leadership roles. Not to put us on war footing, though future battles are likely, 
but to remind us of the central tenets and benefits of good and effective leadership, particularly in defense of democracy and literally saving the world. You can pre-order Welcome to Leadership on Amazon. I sure hope you do. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Reflections on Leadership podcast produced by Carl Bimshaw Consulting, the leadership development and accountability firm that helps busy professionals to challenge, disrupt and dramatically reduce the influence of lousy leadership in their business. Learn more at carlbimshawconsulting.com. Manage better, lead well.